Good morning and welcome to Mina Mentors, the weekly podcast that shapes entrepreneurs in the Mina region. The podcast will be hosted by Sasha Christie and Luka Stanejovic. Hey everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We are very excited to kick off our first weekly podcast. It's been a long time coming. And people come to us all the time asking how to run a business in the UAE, how to get their business started, how to become successful, how to scale, how to grow. And, uh, you know, we, we decided what better way to address that than to create a podcast where we can just talk about these things, uh, you know, every week, new episode, go in depth about all these different aspects of running your business give out all the tips and pointers about all the things we've learned over the years and uh, hopefully help some young entrepreneurs in the UAE succeed. Our first episode today is just going to be like a general overview, a couple of things you should know, a couple of things you should know not to do. You know, nothing nothing too specific, but just something to get you started. And uh, I am joined by Sasha, who is the CEO of Emirates Graphic. He's going to be answering some questions. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for listening to this first weekly podcast. Thank you, Luca, for the introduction. We've been working on this project for a few months now, and finally, we're getting started. So we're really excited about it. We cannot wait to hear your feedback, and we're looking forward to follow you on this entrepreneurial journey. So I wanted to ask you, uh, you you actually run several businesses, and uh, a question I get a lot is, do you need to be passionate about some field to start a business in it, or is it just more about recognizing some sort of gap in a market and then, you know, just going for it and trying to create something to bridge it? Well, this depends on every individual. I personally believe that passion plays a big, important role in business, especially due to the fact that... If you're planning to start your business, if you're planning to grow your business, if you're planning to make your business successful, you need to understand that you will have to go the extra mile. You'll have to work really, really, really hard, meaning that you have to wake up early. You need to stay late at the office every single day, including weekends. You will have to compromise on a lot of activities that you used to do on the weekend. Because what you need to understand is that you have so much competition out there. You have so many competitors outside. Regardless of your industry, you will always be competing with someone. And if you're not willing to go the extra mile, if you're not willing to work hard, trust me, your competitor will. We live in a world where you're not only competing with your competitor in the same city, in the same region. No, you're competing with companies on an international scale. Okay, this is the world we live in right now. This is this comes from the internet. This is the world we live in right now. And if if you're not willing to do what it takes to grow your business, there is no point of even starting. And that's why passion plays an important role because if you don't love what you sell, if you don't love the services that you're promoting, right? If you're not passionate about your industry and you're passionate about your company that you're building, how are you going to go the extra mile and how are you going to be motivated to wake up every single day and work hard on your business so in my opinion passion plays a very 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 big role in business 
so you say you need to be passionate because you need to be willing to go the extra mile. Would you say you need to be an expert in a field or does it just need to be something you're interested in, something you have some, at least, you know, some basic knowledge in, and then you can, you can sort of fill your team with people who know the rest? I mean, what would you say? Again, this, is, this depends on the industry you're in. Let's say you want to open a uh, legal consultancy company. In that case, expertise, knowledge, previous experience will play a huge role, right? In my case, especially in this uh, digital industry or marketing industry, what I decided to do is just to jump inside this business and learn from failure. Because I truly believe that when you learn from, from previous mistakes, when you learn from previous failure, you learn quicker, you learn faster, and it's easier to overcome uh, challenges at the later stage. I remember when I first started Emirates Graphic, I was really young. I was around 16, 17 years old. I had no idea about the industry itself. And I remember going to these meetings and there were a few uh, technical experts that used to join uh, the meetings with me. And and it was so difficult to answer their question. It was so difficult to overcome these challenges as a young entrepreneur. But what I used to do is just go home, do a lot of self-learning based on what was discussed during the meeting, and then come back to the next meeting and just you know showcase the knowledge that I gained the, the day before. I think that's a very interesting point to make because you, know, you can have a lot of people have expertise they, they just can't seem to find the drive to start their own business. And I think that's where the passion factor you talked about earlier comes in. It's that unless you have this, like this passion, this spark to push you to actually, you know, starting a business and hustling, you know, getting, getting up early and going to going home late every day. And unless you have the time and the energy to put into this business and into building it up, it doesn't matter if you're an expert, just like it doesn't matter if you don't have all the expertise, because if you're willing to go out there and fall flat on your face and, you know, embarrass yourself and and go through all these difficult times. But if you have, you know, if you have the drive to learn from all these mistakes, get better at what you were doing, always strive to improve. I think, well, you're proof of how that can end up, you know, building up into a really successful business and how you can end up building a really successful company out of that. So I think it's important yeah, for people to know that, you know, expertise isn't everything, but it's also really not the end of the world if you're not an expert in something because you can find the people to bridge any technical gaps you may have. And if you're driven enough, if you have this passion, you will yourself be able to learn along the way and get so much better at whatever it is you want to do. It's really valuable insight there. I also wanted to ask you, how, how would you recommend people find something that's a viable business idea? Because you know you can be passionate about something, you can be really good at it, but there's a lot of people out there who are also extremely passionate and extremely good at things. So how do you find something where your business can succeed? I mean, where people need services and there's nobody providing them at an adequate level? Well, let's face it, especially here in Dubai, the market is really saturated. Let's look at this example. We have a marketing agency. We have more than 4,000 competitors in Dubai only, right? So when you say how to find a niche and how to find you know, a market gap when it comes to product or services, it's really, really difficult nowadays. Why? Because everybody has ideas. Everybody wants to start a business. And it's pretty easy to start businesses nowadays. What makes the difference is the implementations. Because the way you implement your business, the way you decide to sell your services, the way you decide to sell your product, the way you decide to differentiate yourself from your competitor is what will make you 
different as a business. And it takes a lot of hard work. Let's look at us as an example, Emirates Graphic. We've been in the market for six years now. And I can proudly say that it took five years of hard work to build a portfolio, to convince clients to give us trust with their project. And now, finally, since one year, we have a great portfolio that we can showcase and we can finally you know, reach out to bigger companies to offer our services. But it took five years of hard work to get these first few clients on board so that we can finally have a portfolio to showcase. And this is what makes us different as a business now. So there are a lot of factors that plays role into this question. But again, it's not about the ideas. Everybody have a business idea nowadays, but it's about how you implement this idea and what steps you take to make your business successful and the hard work you put in it. That's really interesting. It feels like lately, you know, the main the main factor for business success is really just innovation. It's not invention. You don't have to come up with something completely revolutionary. I mean, you're not likely to, you know, reinvent the wheel and you're not likely to come up with you know, invent the telephone or something because so many, you know, so much has been already been done and is just waiting for creative applications and for creative ways of not implementing it, but not just creative ways of implementing it. The problem is that it, it takes time to, to build up a business and people are getting, feels like people want a lot of quick gratification. I see a lot of young entrepreneurs who don't find that much success in the first couple of months and they, they, they get discouraged and they think their ideas are bad. And really, it's, it's, not, it's not always the ideas, you know, and I think it's important to note that what you said is really interesting. Everybody has an idea. Everybody has tens of ideas of some way they could start a business. But first of all, you know, 95% of them won't ever do anything about them. And four out of the five remaining percent will, won't follow through or won't find a creative way of applying it. So I think that's the challenge for young entrepreneurs today. And that's something you can't really teach. We can't tell you guys how to implement an idea because if I knew the best, if, if I thought about it and figured out the best way to implement whatever idea you want to implement, I do it myself and I make easy money. You know, it's, that's the hardest part. It's finding these creative and innovative ways of implementing them. And that's really the challenge. So you know, we're always happy to hear when people find some, when some of our clients and some of our partners find some, you know, interesting and new way of applying an existing product, because uh, these are truly the ideas that have the most potential, in my opinion. So let's say now you've, uh, you know, you found your idea, you know, I want to do my business and whatever, I want to, I want to sell cactuses in Dubai. From that point, what do you think, how much do you think you need to plan in terms of your business's future and how much do you need to sort of work on predicting what's going to happen? How much do you need to, how much do you need to lay out and how much do you think is just, you know, too much planning is, uh, is just a vicious cycle and is a complete waste of time and a redundancy. You just need to get out there. You need to go for it. You need to learn from your mistakes. You said you learned a lot from your mistakes. Do you wish you had planned more when you started your business? Do you think you planned less? Do you think you did it just right? And how much actually did you plan before just going for it? It's funny when you say that because in my case, I would consider myself to be a risk taker. I don't really believe into, you know, planning businesses because I know that the traditional way of building a business is having your business plan, you know, and then pitching this business plan or presentation to friends and mentors to get their opinion. And I don't really believe in this, you know, traditional way of planning for businesses. I've been 
To be honest with you, I've been I've been having businesses since, since I'm 12 years old. All right, my first business back in Switzerland when I was 12, I created my own clothing line. I was selling uh, leggings and shirts for women in Switzerland, and it was a complete failure. Complete failure. I've been working on it for one year. I've been designing the clothes. I've been importing the clothes. I've been trying to meet suppliers and retailers to, I mean, retailers to 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 resell my clothing lines in their shops for at least a year or two, and I did not generate any sales. Zero. Nothing at all. No, nobody would take me seriously because I was young, and there was no clear demand for the service or the product that I was trying to sell. But it doesn't matter because the amount of things that I learned and the lesson that I gained from this failure helped me on building my, uh, my, my future businesses. And this is what I would advise young entrepreneurs. Nowadays, it's pretty easy and affordable to run a business. Okay, Dubai is a bit more expensive because, you know, you need to open your, uh, you need to get your trade license, you need to get all this paperwork. So this is a bit of a different story. But back in Europe, back in the US, it's pretty easy and affordable to start a business. So my recommendation to you guys is if you have an idea, if you believe in your product, if you believe in your service, give it a try. Let's see how the market responds to your product or your services. Learn from it. Adjust your business plan based on the response you get and take it from there. And if it fails, amazing. You will learn from it and you will come back stronger than before for your new business idea. Let's face it. I mean, I've had around six, seven businesses in the past. Only two out of them are finally growing within a few years. The five others, unfortunately, I had to drop them. A lot of money wasted, a lot of time wasted, a lot of effort wasted. But above everything, I learned a lot from these failures. And this is what shapes you as an entrepreneur. So when it comes to planning, just you have an idea, go for it. Let's give it a try. Let's see what happens. That's what I would, that's what I would recommend you. It's, yeah, it's an, interesting, uh, it's an interesting take. Definitely from somebody who isn't very risk-averse, you know, you're, you've been known to just go for it, just risk it, and learn along the way. I know that some of our listeners might be a little bit more cautious when it comes to these things, but if you feel more comfortable with doing a bit more planning, that's fine. But I think the important thing to learn from Sasha is that you know you don't have to plan, as in you don't have to get stuck in this time-wasting and effort-wasting loop of just constantly planning your business and then refining your business plan and then finding more things that are wrong with it, refining them finding more things that are wrong. And the problem here is you just get stuck in this loop of perfecting your business plan, but you're actually not doing anything at the same time. While you're working on your plan and while you're trying to plan how your business is going to go, other people are out there and they're doing business. They're getting clients. They're selling products, you know? And in this regard, you're definitely falling behind. I mean, time-wise, you really need to find the balance between how much you want to plan your business and how much you want to be out there, not only growing your business, but gaining the necessary experience to succeed further down the line. So obviously nobody's saying, you know, just go out there one day without knowing anything about your business and just start trying to sell products and trying to sell services or building something or whatever. You need to have some sort of goal in mind. It's also different for different types of companies. I mean, if it's something, if you're working on like a medical product and it's, you know, it's going to take like six years of research, you can't just go in blindly and, you know, spend millions of dollars 
randomly without a clear goal in mind. But the trap that a lot of people fall into is the planning trap. And even we, with our clients, we see this all the time. It's people that come to you with some sort of idea and they're trying to plan out how they're going to launch their business or something. And let's say they'll request, you know, they'll, they'll check their options because they want to they run like an online platform or something. They'll check it. They'll run it by us. We'll tell them how, you know, how we see it playing out, what, how, what we see is the optimal way of starting their business, how we think they should monetize it, how we think they should go about their digital presence. Even We even create phase rollouts for them. So it's, it's not like you have to just go all in from the start. You know, we let them build their products progressively, et cetera. And a lot of them just get stuck in this planning phase. They keep telling us, you know, we're, we're just trying to figure it out. We're going to start soon. We're going to start soon. And a couple months later, we get another client who wants to do the exact same thing pretty much, except who is just, you know, foaming at the mouth, ready to go. They're not ready to wait. Uh, they're not ready to delay their product products and they get them on the market immediately. They don't even let us breathe. They just immediately get us working. We develop what they want and they get out their way before the other guys. And then they're, you know, stuck there. They had a great idea. They had a better plan because they worked on it more, but they just sat there doing nothing while these other guys were, you know, out there working. And, uh, Ultimately, it's those guys who succeed. So while planning is good, just remember not to get trapped. No, I also want to add uh, a personal experience to this because what Luca was saying is true that, you know, a lot of people get stuck at the planning stage. <laughs> Back in Switzerland, six years ago, I always had the plan to move to Dubai, right? And six years ago, I identified a gap in the Dubai market, which was food deliveries. Okay, there was no food delivery company here in Dubai. So what I decided to do back in Switzerland six years ago, I decided to create an online platform called Hungry Dubai. I actually bought the domain. I was building the website, hungrydubai.com. However, I got stuck in the planning stage because I told myself, hey, you know what? I'm moving to Dubai in two years now. So let's give it two years. There's no point of starting reaching out to restaurants now. There's no point of starting to do the business development for this business now since I'm stuck in Switzerland and I'm not in Dubai yet, right? So I got stuck in the planning phase. I was telling myself, I'm just going to start two years from now. What happened is that as soon as I got here, Food on Click appeared in the market, Talabat appeared in the market, as well as a few other competitors. I mean, you have Deliveroo, you have Uber Eat now, and all of them are you know, competing in the same uh, in the same industry now, and it's and it's something very common. However, six years earlier, I would have been a first mover in this industry in Dubai, and I got stuck in the planning phase. So, uh, so that's an example of of when people actually get stuck in the planning stage. Once you decide to get going for it, uh, I, I'm sure a lot of young entrepreneurs are thinking, "I've got my idea. I uh, I'm ready to go. How do I get money for this? You know, uh, is it expensive to start a business here in Dubai?" What do you think? What's your personal take on this? Well, it, it, it depends. Dubai is giving you a lot of opportunities as a business owner, far more than you would get in Europe, far more than you would get in the States, in my opinion. However, it is pretty expensive to run a business. I mean, it starts from getting the trade license to renting an office to having to um, hire employees where you need to pay visas and entrance for. And then... On top of that, you, you add all the paperwork and the time that it takes to actually set up your company. So, yes, it is expensive to, to open a business in Dubai. 
In my case, I got lucky. I started Hermes Graphic in Switzerland, which is a little bit cheaper than here. And slowly, as it became a little more successful, as it started growing, I decided to move it to Dubai. However, if you're planning to start your business here, you do require capital. I would say on average, 100 or 150,000 dirhams is a good capital to start with, which will cover all your business setup expenses. It will cover the office rent for the first six months, also enough to pay a salary if you need to. If you do have that and you're willing to take the risk, great. If you don't, there are many other ways to get the, the capital to start your business. You can be going to angel investors, for example. You, you present the business plan to investors. They will contribute to uh, the funding of your company. However, they might take a certain percentage share of your, of your business. You can ask your friends. You can get a loan from the bank. I wouldn't personally recommend loans. Why? Because especially in this region, they take a lot of interest, 10 to 12% over four years, which is a lot of money. However, if that's the only way to go forward, it can be done, right? So there are many ways on getting this capital to get your business started. I think it's interesting. Uh, you mentioned angel Im- investors, actually. Um, the region here typically, in, you know, in the past five years, I feel, has been really improving in this regard because originally, you know, it was a very old school system where you would just either you would have some family money or you'd have your own money left over or maybe you would just get some friends to like go in on a business idea with you and people would try to bring it up that way. But as the market here has been maturing and as the especially the financial markets have have matured a lot the past maybe five to 10 years. Actually, recently, a lot of venture capital firms and uh, angel investors have started investing in uh, in Dubai-based startups. And initially, it was mainly, you would mainly find these companies that were more or less clones of, of some sort of American or European companies that work. And I mean, if you find an idea that's not implemented here yet, and you think you can do it, it might not even be the worst business to get started in just because you'll have so much to go off. But right now, they're really looking for innovative and new ideas, and uh, they're really promoting this young entrepreneurship. So I'm not going to give out any names of companies, but you guys can find them for yourself. There are a lot of venture capital firms that here that are looking for young entrepreneurs and that are looking for very motivated people because ultimately that's who they're investing in. They're investing in you. They're not investing in your ideas or your company. And they're looking to, you know, back some businesses here, get some, get some startups rolling, get a, you know, get the economy running again. So I think that's something very interesting to look into venture capital and uh, maybe some angel investors as well. No, and on top of that, there are so many incubators starting up in Dubai now. Just to name a few: Astrolabs, DTech, In5. All of them are providing amazing opportunities to start up. They provide you with an amazing office space. They make the whole trade license cheaper. They work on a concept where it's a co-working space where you interact with other entrepreneurs and you interact with other startups. And on top of that, they give you all the necessary training to take your business to the next level. They put you in touch with investors. And if you're planning to forget about loans, forget about family or friends and you wanna and you wanna start your business on a low budget and slowly scale it from there, incubators, in my opinion, would be the way to go forward. So you know, funding aside, 
let's say you do manage to raise funding, or actually you would probably have to figure this out before you manage to raise the right amount of funding. But uh, how do you think people should go about creating their business identity? You know, some companies tend to go for like a more local facing identity. Uh, well, we work at Emirates Graphic. I think uh, I think we know all about that. And then some businesses go for something a bit more neutral, more international. How did you actually create? Uh, how did you come up with Emirates Graphics identity? What would, and what would you what would you recommend to people? Do you think they should try to focus on something that speaks locally, or do you think they should, even from the start, look uh, look at more international options? It always depends on your long term objective. This is a question that I used to get back in Switzerland because as soon as I started my company, I decided to name it Emirates Graphic. And back in Switzerland, this has absolutely zero meaning, right? But the reason why I decided to call my company Emirates Graphic is because as part of my vision, as part of my long-term objective, it was always my goal to move to Dubai and operate my business from here, right? So in my case, what I decided to do is I decided to look into the long-term objective. Where is it that I'm planning to take my business from, from, from there? And uh, since... I wanted to, to reach out to the Dubai market in the MENA region. I decided to, uh, to choose a name that uh, represents the local businesses. However, if you're planning to sell your products on an international scale, if you're planning to sell your services on, uh, on, on an international scale, then it's a different story. But regardless if you have a local significance or an international one, it doesn't matter because in our case, Let's look into an example now. If we do become one of the leading digital agencies in the region, we can also open up an office in Europe again. We can also open up an office in the States again. And the name Emirates Graphic will also has its own advantage because they will know that this company comes from uh, the United Arab Emirates, that we are a leading marketing agency there. And now we're taking our expertise, we're taking our knowledge. And we want to apply it in a new country, for instance. So it really depends on, on what your long-term objectives are. I think this is interesting. Yeah, When you say um, that if we ultimately expand internationally, the fact that your company has a sort of regional association with it almost carries this like level of prestige with it when you're abroad. I mean... Uh, I don't know, what are some examples? If you think about like uh, all these luxury clothing brands, they'll always have like Paris or something if they come from Paris or watchmakers will say like they're from Geneva and stuff. And it like it carries a certain a certain importance with it because you're thinking, you know, if these guys manage to succeed where they're from and now they're here working, clearly they're doing something right because they're not from here, but they can still succeed here. So, you know, obviously they have some sort of uh, some sort of expertise. With regards to identity, once again, it's I think it's uh, it's getting increasingly difficult to create something that resonates with uh, everyone. It's almost impossible to find something that resonates with everyone. And the more you get into like niche products and stuff, the more difficult that becomes. I feel I think that the identity really needs to revolve around the customers themselves, especially in today's world where you know accessing your products is super easy online. Everybody can get access to them. And your companies, even if you want to have a more local presence, you will have some sort of international reach and companies have to be outward facing. There's really no two ways about it anymore. And so 
while local identity can work for certain products and uh, services, I feel like in different cases, companies really might want to make their identity more around their consumer in terms of whatever niche they're targeting. As in, if I'm making, let's say I'm making very aggressive looking guitars that I want to market to people who play heavy metal music, not to classical guitarists and not to, you know, pop record producers or whatever, I might, I would want to build my identity around this more aggressive, more extreme metal image than I would build it around the fact that I'm based in the UAE, you know, things like that. So it really depends on your business itself. With Emirates Graphic, it works really well because we do build websites. We don't, we don't target a particular niche industry, so we don't have to build our identity around that. We get to build our identity around UAE. But I think it's really important to look at your product and then look at your target consumer because ultimately that's what you're building your identity around. It's, it's the consumer that you want to find you and it's the consumer that you want to reach. And I think that's really where you need to look when you're creating your company's identity. But while identity is important in your success, once again, all the things we talked about before, in my opinion, are even more important. It's about how much you're going to innovate and get yourself out there. The amount of companies that come to us that are super successful in their in their field that are making you know crazy money and that they decide you know in 2018 that they want to create their first website that they want to revamp their company profiles and that they want to create their brand identity in 2018 and they've been successful this whole time without it you know I'm not saying it'll work for you but it does speak about it's you know that how it's not just the most important thing when you're when you're starting your company and once again I think just you know don't get trapped you know don't don't keep revising it keeps trying to make it better and better and better and just get stuck in this feedback loop of ultimately not actually doing anything to help your business because that's like the worst thing that you can do i feel i'm sure people want to know how you go about getting your first clients because you talked earlier about how our portfolio lets us get much bigger clients nowadays how we're you know through years of work we've built up this this trust that we have with our clients this trust that we get from the local market and you know we've got the portfolio to show for it we've got the name to show for it but if I'm a young entrepreneur, I'm starting out, I have no, you know, no references, no contacts, you kind of feel alone and you feel helpless in this huge business sea or whatever. And how would you, how would you suggest these people get their first clients? How do you, how do you start? Again, back in Switzerland, it was very, very, very difficult for me because I have to say that Switzerland is an amazing country, right? However, people tend to be close-minded. And by this, I mean, it was always difficult for me to reach out to new businesses, potential clients. Why? Because they would associate the fact that I'm young with the fact that I'm, that I'm unexperienced. Okay. So when I started the company, I was 15 and that was the problem that I was facing. So the advantage that you guys have, if you're planning to start a business in Dubai, is that all of this is completely different in this region. People are very open-minded. People are always willing to help. And this is exactly what I felt when I first moved here. As soon as I moved here, you would meet people in the streets. You would meet people at the supermarket. You would meet people at the gym. And, you know, you would, you would always try to showcase your services and what is it that you do and what company do you represent. And all of them always have this mentality of helping out. They want to help you out. So they would tell me, hey, Sasha you know, great services. However, I, I don't need you. But let me give you the number of this guy. 
He has a company. He might need your services. So with this help, you could get in touch with the first few clients because let's face it, back in Switzerland, I had almost no clients. I was lucky enough that my dad was in business. I was lucky enough that my dad would introduce me to some of his friends to to have the first few clients on board. But that's it. Nothing major. Nothing big happened in Switzerland. However, as soon as I moved here and people actually started to help me out, which is something that I did not expect, okay? But people actually started to help me out. And that is just learning from failure. I used to go to these meetings here in Dubai. As I said earlier, I used to meet with these technical guys that would ask technical questions about website, technical questions about mobile application, technical questions about marketing in general. And at first, I did not have enough knowledge. I did not have enough expertise to answer these questions. So let's face it, I really, really, really looked stupid in front of them. But instead of just moving out from this industry because I don't have the expertise, no, I would just go back home. I would do a lot of self-learning based on what was discussed during this meeting. And I would try my best to come back to the next meeting, showcase this knowledge and see what happens. But it took 10, 20 30 meetings before I could actually and finally convince my first client. And uh, I remember my, my, <laughs> my first client here in Dubai was a Swiss business owner that actually gave me his trust because I was also Swiss. And this was a great help because this is one of the leading Swiss companies here in, here in the region. And then it just grew from there. But in our industry specifically, what we had to do at first is we had to target startups. We had to target young entrepreneurs. Our services were, I mean, we would barely break even because the only thing we cared about was, you know, collecting these clients as part of our portfolio, help them with their companies to to, to grow their business. Why? Because indirectly, we would also benefit from it. If we provide our best services and we create an amazing website, we create a great mobile application, and we help them succeed indirectly as a digital agency, we grow with them because we're the one that built their online presence. So it's not only about getting as many clients as possible, which is the mistake that I personally made at the beginning. I would just reach out to as many people as I could, go on five, six meetings every single day, collect as many clients as I could as part of the portfolio. So I was more focusing on quantity rather than quality, but this reflects on the quality of your work. And we got to a point where we had a lot of clients, we couldn't keep it up with our project, and we were not delivering the best quality of services. And this is something that I was really, really ashamed of. So lucky enough, we learned from these mistakes. Now, instead of caring about quantity, we care about quality. We only work with five to 10 clients per month maximum, right? But we make sure to understand their business. We make sure to understand what problem they're facing. We make sure to understand their vision. And then we work on a long-term basis with them because we make sure they grow. We make sure they succeed. Because as I said earlier, indirectly, we benefit from it. And this is how, as a marketing agency, we grow with our clients. I just wanted to add on to that. Um, for your first clients, what Sasha mentioned is we got this huge Swiss clients, but I think people get too a little bit too eager to make profits with their business and they get too fixated on trying to make a lot of revenue and a lot of money in the very beginning. 
which unfortunately, no matter how good your business is, sometimes you find yourself in an industry or you find, just find yourself in a situation where your business isn't going to be generating huge profits at the very start. I mean, even Amazon, they took what, like 10, 15 years to break even. And, you know, Bezos is like the richest person in the world, especially if you're a service-based agency, kind of like our company does a lot of web design and we do a lot of mobile apps. If you're just getting started and not even getting started overall, but if you're getting started in some sort of new niche, I would honestly, I wouldn't shy away from a project that you do at cost. So where you just make zero profit, but you get to create a product and put it out there. And we do this with some clients. If, if we're approached by, well, we used to do it a lot more than we do now because now we're established. But if we would have an opportunity with a company that we know has is influential, that we know has uh, the name carries weight, the product they want us to build is an interesting one and a meaningful one. And we know that this work will not only be important uh, to a lot of people, but will also be impressive to any future clients we might want to pitch our services to, or, you know, that might approach us, this would be a strong addition to our portfolio, we would do that product product at cost, we, w- we wouldn't try to generate huge profits, because you're trying to build up like you're trying to you do need to build up a portfolio, especially service based companies, you need to build up a portfolio, and you need to push this portfolio and leverage it very effectively when you're trying to deal with new clients, because that's that's your strongest negotiation point. Ultimately, it doesn't matter how long you've been in the industry, and it doesn't matter what kind of name you have for your company, unless you're like Coca-Cola or something, and where everybody knows about you and everybody knows about your authority, people are going to question you, and the strongest thing you have to show them is your portfolio. It's the quality of previous apps you've made. It's the quality of previous websites you made, in our case. With your guys' companies, it'll be different because you're doing different things. With actual products, it's... Difficult to have a portfolio per se, but you want to be leveraging reviews, you want to be leveraging sponsorships and things like that, because ultimately with products, I mean, a review for a product is almost like portfolio for services because it brings this social value into it. And that's how you get later clients later on for your first clients. Yeah, don't hesitate to do product projects at cost. Don't look, don't only look at profits look at the value that this brings to your firm and the internal growth you can gain from doing this project project not only getting it to your portfolio but improving your skill set improving your improving your management skills allowing your people to do such projects brings in huge internal growth and this knowledge is invaluable so even if you're not making a profit on the project even if you're making a small loss on the project it can be a huge gain in the long run because your company has grown not only in terms of skill set, but in terms of portfolio that you can showcase to future clients. So this is something Sasha has done effectively in the past, and it's something that you guys should do as well. Don't be profit hungry at the very start. Wait until you're established, and then think more about how much money you'll be making. Not only at the at the beginning, but even six years down the line, like MS Graphic, we're still doing it now in a different way. For example, we have these two clients now, which I won't mention names, but they both come up with us with amazing ideas for mobile applications, two amazing mobile applications, right? The problem is that they don't have the funds. They're not looking into getting an investor. They're not looking into getting a bank loans, but they're really passionate about their ideas and they want to pursue with it. So we had a meeting with them. And to be honest with you, their idea is really outstanding and it will change this industry here. It will, it will start by changing the UAE. Hopefully, if this works out, they will, uh, they will expand and take the idea elsewhere. What we did for them 
is that we're actually building the application over three months at our own cost and our services will be payable within 18 months by installment because both of them, in their case, they have a job, they want to move away from their job, they want to start becoming entrepreneurs. But since their ideas are amazing, we decided to take this on our own cost, build this up for now, we get the money within 18 months by uh, using um, by installments, but we get to have they, these two apps as part of our portfolio, which will again give us more credibility in the long run, will get us access to bigger clients. So even down the line, when you do have a presence, people start knowing you, you still do these kind of things if you can get something out of it. What support lines would you suggest to young entrepreneurs? Let's say I want to start my business and I've got my idea. I've got some idea about funding. I've even started getting some clients, but I want to go faster. I want to learn more. I want to learn faster. I want to meet people. What support lines would you recommend? Should I, would you recommend getting a mentor? Would you, would you recommend focusing more on online resources and just learning uh, using the internet because we have access to such a wealth of information? Or do you think this isn't as important and you should just uh, go out there and do it on your own? What, what's, your, what's your opinion? If you want to scale your business to a new level, I truly believe that learning from others is a massive advantage. Even now, every week, on average, I go to two, three events. Whether they're networking events, whether they're conferences, whether they're exhibitions, it doesn't matter. I'm always out there and I'm always talking to people. Why? Because the amount of knowledge that you can gain from certain people across different industries is so valuable, right? I do use online resources. I do use mentors, especially in Dubai where you have all these incubators and all these incubators have, you know, 200 mentors that come there every month. They give speech, they give trainings, they give workshops. And what you can gain from these people that have been through business that have uh, built successful businesses is just unreal what you can get out of them. So I would definitely recommend to sign up to online courses. There are so many online courses, especially in the States, with influential people that tell you, you know, how to sell your services in a better way, how to be more confident, how to use, you know, different online channels to sell your services or products. Not only that, also mentorship program. There's so many mentorship programs in Dubai, as I was saying earlier. And I would truly recommend to do this on the line, on, on the site. Self-learning is great, and I recommend to do this every single day. But being out there and being in this entrepreneurial environment with people that have that are in business or have been through this entrepreneurial journey can uh, get you a lot of knowledge that will help skill your business. They say that the best way to learn something yourself is to teach to others. So even if you want to get involved as a mentor and help others out, once you've made it a little bit yourself, once you've established your company, once, you're, once you've got clients, you're, you know, you're no longer struggling, your company's doing well. If you want to go out there and help others, that's also amazing because not only will, not only does it, it you know, not only is a good economy and a good uh, startup environment healthy for the economy and good for you as a business because, well, it creates it creates more activity, it creates um, more clients down the line, and uh, ultimately, yeah, it just helps you hone and refine your own skills and get better at what you do by teaching it to someone else. So 
I would uh, I would strongly recommend it.